electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Right now on Last Call is the magic back at Disney. Bob Iger speaking out exclusively to CNBC. The stock is moving big time. Is the economy really as healthy as it appears? We'll exclusively ask Consumer King, Tillman Fertitta, about that and what a sports super app could mean for his Houston Rockets. A regional roller coaster, fresh drama unfolding for New York Community Bank and other banks. Just call him Bill Everyday Ackman. Edge fund legend making a stunning move to retail. And the X, X Factor, a big moment for the social media site. Some saying it's coming thanks to one Vladimir Putin. All that and more ahead over the hour. So belly up or buckle up, because last call is up right now. Well, good evening here. Good afternoon out west. I am Brian Sullivan. And as always, we are live here on Last Call. And we've got all that and more coming up in our hour. But first up, a feel-good open to the show. If you own stocks, pretty much any stock, take a victory lap, break out some bubbly, whatever, because we are hitting new record highs again. All the markets rose to new highs. Green across the screen. What a magnificent run we have been in recently. Listen to this. In just the past 90 days, 81 S&P 500 stocks are up more than 25%. 39 are up more than 30%. And five up more than 50%. All that, folks, in just about 75 trading days. Speaking of magnificent, of course, we could not do a show without mentioning the so-called MAG7. Yeah, they all rose today. As you might imagine, big market day met up more than 3%. NVIDIA up 2.75%. Even... Tesla, and I say even Tesla rose, that stock's been under pressure, so it reversed a little bit today. Here's the bottom line. Stocks, they have been red hot. So let's talk about this magnificent run, big tech, innovation, volatility, and maybe if things are getting just a touch bubblicious. With us now live from ARC's Big Idea Summit 2024 in St. Petersburg, Florida, is ARC Invest CEO and CIO, Kathy Wood. Kathy, first time on Last Calls. Great to bump into you, literally bump into you in Arizona last week. Thanks for joining us. Um, some of oh, your top pleasure. holdings, uh, thank you, uh, have soared in the last 90 days. Shopify, Coinbase, UiPath, Block, all up more than 30%. Are you worried at all that certain parts of the market are starting to get or maybe already are a little bit stretched? Well, if we're, if we're taking a look at the market, if you look at what happened last year, seven uh, percent uh, of the the, st- the index. Wait, let me think about this. I got to think about this, Brian. Most of the returns in the S and P five hundred were the magnificent seven, or now people are calling them magnificent six. Um, some of those valuations are stretched. Uh, 
but if you think about that, uh, most of the market did not rally last year. I think they were, uh, most of the rest of the market was up only 7%. That's where the 7% number came from. And so uh, we think, and we know from our own stocks, which mostly are not the magnificent six, uh, that they have corrected tremendously. They're now starting to show earnings momentum and surprises on the upside, not just from revenue, but also earnings. Uh, and we think they have a long way to catch up. We are way below where we were at our peak. Now, maybe we shouldn't have been there, uh, at ARKK at 160, but uh, down to 45. We think uh, interest rates clobbered uh, our style. Yeah. And uh, we've paid our dues and now earnings will and revenue growth will uh, speak loudly. Yeah. All the people there in the background, I think they must understand that. And anybody should understand that you, you're buying into stocks that can be very volatile. The knives have been out, as you've probably seen people coming up, Morningstar, et cetera. They've come after you. But I would imagine your message to investors is we are investing in some companies that are going to boom wildly and become 10 Xers. And there's other companies that may go away because these are the high-tech AI investments. I, I would imagine that has got to be a clear message to, to people watching and the people sitting behind you right there, Kathy. Absolutely, absolutely. We're saying uh, that if you get on the right side of change, these companies will deliver super exponential growth. What does that mean? It means not only rapid growth sustained, uh, but an acceleration in growth. For example, Tesla. Uh, it's going through a lull right now related to the cycle. But when autonomous taxi networks, uh, platforms kick in, as we think they will within the next two years, I will say, uh, then what we're talking about with Tesla is a reacceleration in growth and a huge increase in margins because robo-taxi platforms are SaaS models, software as a service models. Uh, we have a lot of stories like that in our portfolio, and they are highly misunderstood. Yeah, truly. And a company that feels like some are starting to understand it less lately, Kathy, is, of course, Tesla. It's not performing, and it feels like everybody everywhere is going after Elon Musk all the time. It is your second biggest holding. Are you holding on, and, and how should investors view Tesla right now? What you're saying is we'll definitely Yes, well, uh, we, uh, we report our trades every day, and you will see that we have been buying Tesla. Uh, there is so much negative psychology in the stock right now uh, around electric vehicles themselves, uh, which we think is misplaced. We think electric vehicles are going to continue to gain share and really take over the market uh, in the next five years. Uh, EVs, we think, will be the bulk of the market in the next five years. So, uh, and then beyond that, robo-taxis, robo-taxis are going to uh, change the landscape entirely. So our, our target price, in published target price, uh, which is going to change, is roughly $2,000. The stock is a little below $200. So we're talking about a 10x in our base case, and that's not even our goal case. You know, and looking through your, your holdings in the ARKK, you're really betting heavily on therapeutics, biotechs, therapeutics. Yes. And again, to your earlier point, yes. Kathy, some of these hit. Let's hope they have these fantastic drugs to save lives. 
But biotech is inherently a risky space, is it not? I mean, you're, you're relying on regulators and drug tests. Well, what we're also relying more and more in, in that space is artificial intelligence converging with uh, sequencing technology, sequences of DNA, RNA, proteins, uh, uh, epigenetics, uh, to try and understand how to cure disease. And we've had the first product approved to cure disease. It's proven out. Uh, Cascavi, CRISPR Therapeutics, uh, Vertex have, uh, uh, have, are now enjoying the first approval. And beta thalassemia is one of the things, uh, the diseases it's curing. Just to give you one sense of this and how remarkable this is, the first person in the beta thalassemia trial three to four years ago, prior to having his genome edited, reprogrammed, he used to have to go to the emergency room 17 times per year for a blood transfusion on an emergency basis. Now, after three years, he has not done one, just edited the genome, transformed his life. And we do believe that the convergence uh, among sequencing technologies, artificial intelligence, and new technologies like CRISPR uh, gene editing is going to cure disease. The regulators will not stop that. Let's hope you're right, because everybody needs and, and wants these things. Let's talk, I want to talk about a stock that is on the move right now, one that you, I don't know if you may own it now, Arm Holdings, you avoided it at the IPO. It's been volatile, it's booming right now, but the float is very, very small in this name. It's only about a day and a half short covering, but not a lot of float. Do you have a view on Arm Holdings? Because it's probably gonna be one of the CNBC stocks of the day tomorrow. Yes, it will be. Yes, we did take a point of view. Uh, we think that there is uh, going to be a lot of commoditization in the market they serve. Uh, and so, you know, with uh, uh, with uh, Risk Five uh, uh, and other new technologies, we think there could be some disruption. Disruption because arms market is going more open source. Uh, and so, yes, we did take a point of view. I have not had a chance. We've been doing this event to take a look at the um, at the report, but we will and reassess uh, overnight. You know, you're hosting that event to the Big Idea Summit in St. Petersburg, Florida. You got all the people there. I can't. You're doing the interview live in front of a group of people also talking live, which I instantly admire. Yes, Kathy. they are. <laughs> you're like, shh, we have a seminar going on behind us. You know, how has that you were one of the, the early ones that came down there. Gunlock and Double Line have also come to the Tampa St. Pete area. How how has that area changed the way? Because we're going to do something from Miami in a few minutes. How has that area and that market kind of changed you and your team and your company and everything else? Yes, well, we, uh, one of the reasons we, we uh, chose the St. Pete, Tampa Bay region is we felt that it was uh, going to be the next Austin. And if you think about Austin, what's Austin known for? Uh, it is known for South by Southwest, which is all about technology and food, film, uh, music and so forth. This place has all of that cultural uh, canvas, I would say, but it was yearning for uh, commercial success, more commercial success, particularly technology companies. So uh, we're working with the city, St. Pete, in partnership on 
the ARC Innovation Center, where we're going to incubate startups. And we just, we think this uh, community is a beacon for innovation. Everyone's talking about innovation, rolled out the red carpet for us. Mm. The educational the educational system has uh, taken our research at, that we have made age appropriate uh, for sixth grade and it is now the science curriculum throughout the public school system in Pinellas County. Fantastic. This would never have happened in the New York area. And by the way, a world-class, one of the best airports in America is Tampa. Every time I fly through Tampa, I'm like, Absolutely. gee, why can't we have this in New York? Kathy Wood, first appearance this year. You're with us the first week of our launch last year. We appreciate you coming on just about a year later. Have a great summit. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Brian. All right, Thank take you. care. All right, we are just getting started. Up next is the magic coming back to the Magic Kingdom. Plus, a last call exclusive with billionaire Tillman Fertitta on the true health of consumers and the impact of a sports streaming super app on the NBA and the Rockets and maybe a sneak peek into his new ultra-cool Miami restaurant where some big names are already gathered. All right, let's get down to tomorrow's news tonight with some big results and news out of the Magic Kingdom and Disney shares sprinkling a little bit of magic right now. They are soaring. They're up, I don't know, 7%. Julia Borston joining us now with more fresh offer interview with Disney CEO Bob Iger. Julia, in a nutshell, what has investors so happy, at least right now? Well, it was Disney's big beat on earnings and also the fact that Disney issued rare guidance for earnings of fiscal 2024 earnings per share increasing by at least 20 percent as the company shows its cost cutting paying off, particularly at its direct to consumer entertainment division, which Disney announced will reach streaming profitability by the fiscal fourth quarter. Now, with these better than expected results, Iger announcing a partnership and one and a half billion dollar investment in Epic Games to create an immersive gaming experience featuring Disney's characters and content to sit alongside Fortnite. This represents probably our biggest foray into the game space ever, which I think is, is not only timely, but an important step when you look at the demographic trends and you look at where Gen Alpha and Gen Z and even millennials are spending their time in media. It's pretty dramatic in terms of the um, amount of time spent in games. Iger also weighed in on the news out last night that Disney is partnering with Fox and Warner Brothers Discovery on a sports streaming joint venture as part of a larger strategy that Iger outlined to meet consumers where they are. We're looking for partners for ESPN to help us take ESPN in a direct-to-consumer business. What we announced yesterday is with two partners that are helping to do that in one way, bundled with their services, and what we'll do when we launch ESPN, where we will continue to look for partners, and we've been engaged in some good discussions with some possible partners. You can find my entire interview with Disney CEO Bob Iger on CNBC.com. Brian? All right, it was great stuff. Uh, Julia Borston, stay with us here. We're going to kind of get more into that last point you were making. Joining us on set is CNBC.com media reporter Alex Sherman. And we want to talk about this new sports streaming app. And I read your piece, and it's great. It's on CNBC.com right now. And it says, here's your title. New sports streaming bundle could be a monster or it could be a dud. 
Yeah, we just I, I don't have a good read on how many people are going to subscribe to this. I mean, I think and Do we, we even know what it is. Well, we can get into this a little bit. So from my understanding, my interpretation of what this is, it is basically a skinny bundle. So not the full traditional bundle, but a, a skinnier bundle of linear channels that has you're still speaking TV. What does it mean in plain English? Like just a couple sports channels? Networks that have sports on them, but not just the sports. So TNT has okay. NBA so I could get, I could get NBA. I could get I could get Charles Barkley and CSI. Correct. Reruns. So you're getting the networks that are owned by Disney, Warner Brothers Discovery, and Fox that have sports on them and everything else. So you don't get the NBC Universal Networks and NBC Broadcast, or the Paramount Global Cable Networks, that's like MTV and Nickelodeon and a a bunch of those, and you don't get CBS. So you're getting like, uh, you know, half of a cable bundle or whatever it may be, and you'll pay about half the price for it, we think. Yeah, it's it's amazing, Julia, because we've got Tillman Fertitta coming up in the next block, and he owns the Houston Rockets, major sports owner, obviously, I don't think sports owners knew this was coming. This came out kind of everybody seemed to be blindsided. Did did Bob Iger have much more to say on exactly what this is? Well, I look. The, I, I think the concern here would be that this could cause cord cutting. And if you have an option that includes just sports, then maybe people won't want to pay for all the other channels that they get as part of their pay TV bundle. But what Bob Iger said is they really think that this is going to be positioned as something that's going to be incremental. They're going to make sure that ESPN gets paid the same amount, whether it's part of this new streaming bundle or whether it's part of a traditional pay TV package from a a cable company. So they're not going to be getting paid less for the inclusion of their channels in this. But also there's the fact that they think this is going to appeal to cord cutters and cord nevers. Yeah. Um, so people who are already, uh, you know, who are already not paying for pay TV. So they thought that it would be incremental that way. And something about the pricing perhaps might indicate why they don't yeah. think it will cause uh, cons- more consumers to cut the cord, which is something I asked them about several times. Though, of course, we don't know the pricing yet. Um, based on my understanding, it would probably be um, in the 40 to $50 range. But that's a key piece of information here that will reveal a lot. Yeah, 40 or 50, maybe. We don't know, Alex. But guess what? NBC has football. CBS has football. CBS has March Madness for the NCAA. So even if this comes to fruition, consumers are still going to have to pay for other stuff if they want to see everything. That's right. I mean, they have several options here, right? Which is you can buy traditional cable if you want everything. You could buy this new skinny bundle that's going to launch in the fall that we're talking about, plus Peacock, plus Paramount+. Plus. So now plus, you're starting plus, to get plus, up. Plus. You're starting to get up to the cost of almost traditional cable if you do that. Or you can get a digital antenna if you want, and you can get NBC and CBS in those games, but you have to watch. You can stand on the roof with an iron rod <laughs> in a storm. Don't do that, the, by the way. There are ways some people do that. And so, you know, there's a variety of different mixes and matches. But to your it's point. It's so confusing. It's, it's confusing. Getting, it's right? getting confusing. And this is what the we people We work that, in TV and right. I'm confused. Don't you just want all of your stuff together on one place? I used it to be. Easy? It's called cable. Correct. That's what cable is. But, you know, cable's More expensive. Old. I know. It's and so power. We we're mixing. Mixing and matching the different ways that you can maybe save money and try to get stuff, and at the expense of it is convenience. That's well. Listen, you. I got a Roku at home. I got Apple TV at home. I got cable at home. Julia Borston got Alex Sherman. I'll see you on the way home. Alex, appreciate that. We live near each other. All right, Julia, thank you as well. A quick programming note: tomorrow morning, CBC's got an exclusive with Alphabet CR Sundar Pichai. That is a biggie. 8 a.m. All right, but up next on this show, a must-see with billionaire restaurant casino mogul Tillman Fertitta. 
a sneak peek into his hot new Miami restaurant. Restaurant reservations there, they're going to be hard to get. But we're going to give you an inside look next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. We mentioned it in the previous block. Let's talk about somebody who always has a pulse on the consumer, maybe better than anybody out there. That would be Tillman Fertitta. He's the CEO and chairman of Landry's, privately owned company that owns, well, some names you might know. Del Frisco's, Mastro's, Charthouse, Morton's, Rainforest Cafe, Bubba Gump, and more. It's an addition to the Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino chain and, of course, the NBA's Houston Rockets and hotels across America. He has come to us live from a brand-new Mastro's Ocean Club in Miami, Florida, officially opening up this weekend They've also got a new Catch restaurant coming in a few months, and we're getting a little bit of a sneak peek. Uh, Tillman, thanks for inviting us in. I know it's not officially open yet, so it's kind of a, a special moment. Why this restaurant? Why now? Why Miami? Yeah, my, Miami is, is, believe it or not, in Florida is where the people are coming. Texas and, and Florida has been the place to accept so many different people, but also not only people that are your blue collar people, but also your Wall Street people. And, and uh, especially Florida, when it comes to Palm Beach and, and, and the Miami area and all the little areas around here, so many people have moved their offices down here. And uh, w- restaurants have been booming, hotels have been booming, everything's booming here. And already we have a few restaurants in this area, but we're opening this Mastro's here tomorrow night and of course, catch in three months. Yeah, and the money, I mean, it feels like a little bit of, of Wall Street South, Tillman. I mean, we've had a number of firms either move a lot of people or all their people, or have said they're gonna move all their people. I, I love New York, I know you love New York as well, but man, that, that whole area there, starting to feel a lot like Manhattan, but a little bit warmer and with more palm trees. You know, let me just give you an example, okay? A, a, a good friend of mine who everyone knows, the, 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 the CEO of, of Jeffries, uh, is down here tonight uh, for, for this event. But he's been down here for a week. And I go, what are you doing down here for a week when all your employees are up there working their butts off in, in Manhattan? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him give you the straight answer. He's standing here. Rich, tell him, why are you down here well, this first, week? This first off, and, hold, hold we on, all know hold that on, Rich hold doesn't tell do it, a lot of hold TV. On. I got to say, <laughs> this is... Because you told me I have to be down here. Right, I told him he had to be down here. Yeah, hold on, tell him. I got to tell <laughs> our audience, okay, the CEO... I've been here for about eight days. CEO Jeffries. He's, really been, he's introducing you. Wait a second. Okay. Tillman, hold on. Let Go me ahead, tell Brian. the audience, because he's the CEO Jeffries. I've known him for a while. And as much as he claims to like me, he's been ducking an interview on CNBC for about 15 years. So this is a big moment. Go ahead, Rich. Well, first off, I've been down here for about eight days. I've seen probably 140 clients in a very very back-to-back matter, private equity, hedge fund, long-only corporate CEOs. Um, It's been incredibly efficient. Uh, People have moved here. They're visiting here. There's conference here. Our prime brokerage team was here. It's just, and we have 90 people here now out of nowhere uh, post-COVID. Well, I think that kind of tells you the whole thing, Brian, is that He's here because this is where his clients are. And when you think about seeing 140 clients 
you know, for lunches and one-on-ones. But who in the world would have thought before COVID that you could come down to Miami and Palm Beach and see 140 yeah. clients? Can you, we tell always I'm, saw each other here. <laughs> I know Rich is not Go wearing ahead. an earpiece. Can I get one more question in? Because this may be the last time I get a question in on TV with the great Rich Handler. I know everybody moved during COVID. Does Rich see more firms continuing to move now, even post-COVID? Do you see more firms now moving here even post-COVID? Is it still happening? I think the migration peaked already, but the consistency of people staying here is going to be maintained. And it's clearly an active part of the financial system at this point in time. So it used to be people would travel here. Now it is a major hub. It's a major part of transactions, communication, conferences. Uh, it's just part of the system at this point in time. So they're not moving back. <laughs> um, you know what? People do go back and forth. I'd say New York is actually pretty vibrant as well right now, but people who have moved here are staying here for at least a good portion of the year, and they come back at different, different other times. Tillman, Anything give, else for Rich? Yeah, give, give Rich a big thank you for me and from our show and from everybody. I know he's there to thank enjoy you. the night. Thank you. Yeah, you kind of roped. I appreciate it, Tillman. Absolutely. You roped him in. Uh, on a night he's chilling out. Listen, so obviously Florida, <laughs> thank you, that was great. Florida's hot, Texas hot. New York is actually doing pretty well. I got to say New York feels vibrant a lot of the time as well. Are there any other pockets of strength or specific weakness that you are seeing in America? Yeah, I mean, definitely, the, the high end is definitely off, okay? And anybody that tells you any different is, is it telling you the truth? And, 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 and part of it is, is that you do not have any of the stimulus money out there anymore. So people are back to spending money the way, the way they used to spend money. And so where I, I think the consumer is going to be all right because everybody makes so much money now. I, I, I do think that you're going to start seeing as the year goes on a little more credit card debt, a little more credit card debt. And, and the state high-end steakhouses, which we're opening right now, and, and your, your high-end retail is just going to be a little off. It was off last year, and I think it's going to take probably the rest of this year for the economy to balance out when rates start dropping and people have a little more money in their pockets. Yeah, and that's certainly been the, been the case. I want to specifically ask also about Las Vegas. Let's have a little bit of fun. you got the Golden Nugget Casino and Hotel there in downtown Las Vegas. Downtown, by the way, Vegas is really cool now kind of taking the cool factor over from the strip. Got the, the Super Bowl this weekend. Tillman, are you, do, you, do you feel it? Is the Super Bowl going to really just boom Vegas, or does boom, Vegas just kind of boom all the time anyway? Well, Vegas is booming all the time now, and so many sporting events come. We just had Formula One, and, you know, a lot, a lot of – all of us are, are doing well in Vegas, okay? But there's more money being bet on this Super Bowl – than any Super Bowl that's ever happened before. And what's, ha what's happened is, is, the, is the sports betting in all the different states that's allowed now. And, and people, believe it or not, we're seeing a lot of the $10 bets and $25 bets and $50 bets. And people are using sports betting as strictly entertainment. They're not trying to pay their mortgage. They're not trying to make a car payment. But it's entertainment. And the sports betting that's been allowed in all these states is now causing so much money to come back to these states through taxes. And it's truly entertainment dollars. I don't see, except an exception here and there, are people getting hurt with it. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, they address it. I, I'm up, as you know, I bet I, I've done segments on the show. You can do it for fun, do it for a little bit of money, only bet what you can afford to lose. I know, you know, to your point, there, there is a group out there that does struggle with it. But let's, I want to end with this, Tillman, which is this, this sports streaming app. I know the news just kind of. We got kinda... rid of the music. We got rid of the music. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was... <laughs> I know y'all were, I know y'all thought I was about to dance, but I wasn't. Okay? No. <laughs> But well, I also ahead. know you probably couldn't hear, and, and poor Rich Haller's like, what? Because the music was playing, but that's all good. I appreciate it. Um, the sports he doesn't stream- hear regardless. I have to yell that's, at him. That's a fair point. The, <laughs> that's you, Rich, of course. Yeah, thank you, Rich. The, 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 uh, the sports streaming app, I know you. nobody knows a lot about it. It just came out yesterday, blindsided pretty much everybody. Nobody we've talked to really knows that much about it. You own the Rockets. Have, did the league come to you and say, here's what we're thinking? Or here, Disney come to you and say, here's what we're thinking? I know you know Bob Iger. You know, you, you know yes, not, not specifically. But, but, but you, you've, got, you've got to remember, streaming has struggled because, because so many people watch so many different things. But just remember this. What drives the networks and what drives steaming, streaming is sports. Sports is religion. And the reason that it's the lead-in for everything else, it's what made Fox years ago. When they went and bought the NFL, what, 18 years ago, and everybody thought they were crazy, and wait, we're going to watch the NFL on Fox? And that's how they came in with all their Sunday night programming, and look where Fox is today. I'm not talking about Fox News. I'm talking about Fox. And, and streaming is, is where it is going, because that's what the young people do. But... You've got to remember, sports is religion. Sports leads into everything. That is the one thing that people watch every single day. Okay, here's the thing. And I know you're you're kind of a media exec now because you've got your star city broadcast with the Astros. You're not going (laughs) to – you may open a restaurant – but if it loses money, I know you. You're going to close the restaurant quick. You're going to move, you're going to either make it make money or you're not streaming is is losing billions of dollars a year. I got to imagine that the leagues are talking to the media companies because the media companies are going to the leagues and saying, we, "We you know, we ultimately need to make money. We can't lose forever." Right, Brian, but that's ex- you just said it. That's exactly why they're saying Let's maybe forget some of this other stuff and let's do a strictly sports streaming business that is going to make money because we know the one thing that everybody's going to watch is sports. So I think it was genius. I, I really do think it's going to work. Okay, so let's just see what happens. But it was time to try something else. And all these guys were smart enough to say, let's try this. This might work. Tillman Fertitta there at the Mastro's Ocean Club where little birdie told me that Derek Jeter may be, Drake may be. It seems like a big deal. I, if, you know, hopefully that I was can... last night for another little party. Drake and DJ Kali, we now, had a, a little something last night. Now, that's, <laughs> that, that's, now you're just bragging. It, save a reservation for the last call team. Tillman Fertitta and Rich Handler. Thank you, guys. Good luck with the restaurant. All right, coming up, a regional bank whipsaw. While you may not want to put down the Dramamine just yet. All right, welcome back. Been a roller coaster day for New York Community Bank. Shares ending the day surprisingly up over 6%. They were down double digits at one point after Moody's cut its ready to junk last night, but then things turned up. 
The bank's new executive chairman said he had seen virtually no deposit outflow from retail branches all around fears tied to bad commercial real estate loans. This coming amid new reports, the bank could be looking to offload some of its mortgage risk as well. So where do things really stand? Let's ask founder and CIO of Seymour Asset Management and CBC Fast Money Trader and star. Oh, stop. Tim T- it is so good to be Tim, here, Tim Seymour. Uh, just just yeah. take it easy. Follow, take follow it easy. Tillman and Rich Handler. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's the thing, and I tried to impart this, and if people didn't tune in last night, I'm going to do it again. This is not a small bank. Four some no, branches, fact, 115 billion in assets. It's a big deal. And the size of the bank is part of their problem right now because they're under extra scrutiny. Once they went over 100 billion in assets, it's brought in the regulator in a way that they might not have. So it, it, today, look, the whipsaw, the zigzag, whatever we're calling this, tells you that there's still a lot of risk. And it's interesting. You know, if you go through the Alice on the Street to cover mm-hmm. the stock, and, and you know, the regional banks have had a very big rally off of, uh, say, kind of that October inflection point, almost 40 percent in the KRE. Uh, but people are split right down the middle on this, and, and let's do a little '70s trivia. So when I say, Uh-oh. you know, when I say the bands, and by uh, the way, this is not—I have no idea what no, you're he, going he with. No clue. He doesn't. Um, Ambrosia. What? You know. Uh, all right. Um, Weddings. O- Ozark Mountain Devils. Oh, I don't know that one. Jackie Blue. Thank um, you. Uh, Ambrosia. Thinking okay. weddings. So here, here we go. Peaches and herb. Pa- <laughs> paper lace. Uh, you're, now you're, you're just going so no, like okay, so the reason I, the reason I brought here. up okay, paper so laces, their two, two biggies are the night Chicago died. And the second one, folks, Billy, don't be a hero. And that's the reason we brought this up. We're talking about there's Training. no don't reason be a hero to here. be a hero right now in New York Community Bank. And there's some dynamics here that I think we know that commercial real estate is kind of a lagging indicator. We have a dynamic where, OK, maybe New York has particular exposure. Um, but if you think about a lot of the commercial real estate, some of these loans and some of the, the smell is beginning to ripen. I mean, you had IOs that are coming due. You've had sweetheart leases that are starting to fade off. Um, the exposure here. Because it's so tempting, though. You're right. Your traders, the fast money crews, so maybe some of our audience, they look at it. They go, it's down so much. It must be a good value because it's either going to go to zero or it's going to come back. I don't know. Well, look, if you look at the valuation. And I'm not saying it is. I'm saying no, be careful. 045 Point uh, price to tangible book value. So it's trading at a discount of 45% to book. This is for what was considered to be cream of the crop. Remember, this was a bank that was trading up around 13 bucks uh, in the end of July, a stock that's down probably 67% from that high. They came out of SVB as seemingly taking advantage of that opportunity. It's with some irony that the regulator who was pretty much forcing signature bank assets on them is the same regulator that's now actually saying, hey, you know what? We're yep. very concerned. And it's been it's been poor communication by the bank to the market. Very well. quickly. Billionaire Bill Ackman, Pershing yeah. Square, hedge fund, big guy announcing he's getting into retail investing with a close in fund. Well, close in funds for a hedge fund manager are interesting because you don't want retail investors in your fund for liquidity reasons often, especially when they want redemptions if they get skittish. In a closed-end fund, they're not going anywhere. Or um, the, the fund is trading really based upon supply and demand. It's not trading based upon the NAV of the fund. What's it all mean? It's a great space for Bill Ackman to be in because he's not going to change what he does. Uh, it's a guy who, you know, by the way, for people have made a big deal out of some of his more high-profile losses, the herbal lives, you know, the, you know, the valiance of the world. This guy has crushed it over the last four or five years, especially in a down year in the S&P in 22 when he was down yeah. 8%. But I think it, it's an interesting story. Um, Bill Ackman has a lot of appeal. He's out there. He's yeah. been wildly successful. And I think you take advantage of the retail market if you can. Well, we'll see if the retail investors are, uh, like Little Feet said, if they're willing. 
If you're willing. You know, by the way, most unheralded song of the 70s, Climax Blues Band, I Love You. Well, you are not a fat man in the bathtub. You're Brian Sullivan here on Last Call. Great to be here. Great to see <laughs> Tim you. Tim Seymour and Ambrosia. Thank That's you. That's how much I feel. All right, coming up, Elon Musk X finding itself in a rarely seen place. Black History Month is not about excluding the contributions of any. It's about lifting up the contributions of a people, but it's also about the celebration of the long work and the long struggle by black Americans who were enslaved in this country and the role they've played in the making of modern America. Black Americans are America. Welcome back. A popular app has retaken the top spot on the Apple App Store. In an unexpected twist, it is X, formerly known as Twitter. This comes after a wave of reports that the app was hemorrhaging users under Elon Musk. So what is behind the rise in downloads? Let's talk about it with Vanity Fair contributing editor and CBC contributor Bethany McLean and founder and CEO of Built Rewards anchor Jane. Bethany, does this all have to do with one Vladimir Putin? It does. So I don't think it's as meaningful as a, a Twitter turnaround or an X turnaround. I'm sorry. Uh, for one thing, the downloads could be a flash in the pan. For another thing, given who the interview is of it, that is sparking all the downloads, it could be bots for all we 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 know. Um, Elon Musk's X has not done a much better job of controlling for bots on the platform than the old previous ownership did, despite promises to the contrary. Um, I think we have to wait and see advertisers start to come back before we start to turn, talk about a turnaround at Twitter. Anchor, do you believe that this is this is Russian bots that are just downloading? I mean, can, I, can the bots even do that? Oh, pardon my ignorance. So, I, mean, <laughs> a couple of, I think it's good to put things into perspective. So, you know, I used to run Tinder's product and First thing to just put into context is when we were the number one app on the App Store uh, back then, it's a couple hundred thousand downloads a day. So when you talk about getting to the top spot, you know, you're not talking about tens of millions of people suddenly downloading the app. I think I have a slightly different theory. I went in after you guys emailed me this morning to just do a little bit of my own research. As much as I get the desire to say this is Putin, yesterday... There was some rumors spreading around Instagram and TikTok mm. that an explicit video of Drake leaked on X. And I looked it up. More like XXX and from I what I heard people, about the leak. People may, not, people may not be realizing what X app is when they were searching for the Drake video. I, on the Twitter trending searches, the Drake video trending search was 100,000. The Tucker Carlson was 24,000. So I know we will spikes to uh to putin so you're it saying makes, it's you're saying it's just junk news i think yeah look i think there might be a, the combination of explicit Bethany got it rumors plus the app name renamed to x i mean listen there is <laughs> it's, it's a so this is okay but wait we, we we agree here there there this does not mean that <laughs> the stage some sort of dramatic turnaround. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know what the numbers, the reasons are behind the, the sudden surge in downloads, but I don't think it's So necessarily- it either comes from a warlord Russian dictator or Drake's j- explicit whatever. Drake's um, explicit video so, on but the Bethany, as, joking aside, even if people are downloading it for the wrong reason or accidentally or confused, Maybe they'll find out they like it, right? I guess it's, it can't be a bad thing if people are downloading it 
somebody, not everyone's going to just re-delete it. No, it can't be a bad thing. And and I and I also do think that if there were an alternative to Twitter to X, I'm sorry, like if threads were a viable alternative that was taking the world by storm, X would be dead. And it's not. And that gives Elon Musk some breathing room. And the fact that the markets have become accommodative again for raising debt also gives him some breathing room. So I am not here to say that um, that, that 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 X is dead. I just I don't know that this is the most meaningful sign in the world of a, of a turnaround that's afoot. Yeah, Ankur, what, 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 what has happened to Threads? I mean, everybody's like, it's the new, it's uh, Twitter's dead, Threads is the place to be, it's the kind, I've poked my head up on there, it's hard to get traction, people are just as nasty there, I've found as X, by the way, it just if you, what, depends on what you post. Does <laughs> Threads have a, maybe Threads is booming and I don't know. No, 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 Threads is not booming and I know that because Facebook keeps trying to shove Threads comments into my Instagram feed and it's the worst. I think the, the challenge Facebook has always had is every time they try to launch their own spinoff app, they force customers into it right away to drive a surge, but they've never gotten that real use case right. And so people don't know, what do you do with threads? Right? Like, what is it for? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, Twitter still works because you have the media publications on there and a handful of personalities that drive the majority of the valuable content. And then you got a bunch of trolls and a bunch of, you know, other people on there, but threads never picked that up. Right. You don't go to Twitter to follow your random friend from high school's random thoughts. You go there to see what crazy thing Elon or Bill Ackman have posted today. Um, and I think that's part of the reason Threads just never took off. Yeah. Or Anchor Jane or Bethany McLean or, or Sully CNBC. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Drake, Putin. What a, what a segment. Guys, really appreciate it. Thank you both. All right. Coming up, booze you can use. A surprising trend taking hold with our collective alcohol use. Of course, you got the Super Bowl on Sunday, so in the spirit of one of the biggest drinking days of the year, it is now time for our Booze You Can Use segment. I love that. Tonight, we are diving deep on the state of the spirits industry and what some of the biggest trends are of the year. According to a new report, they outperformed beer and wine the last couple of years with more than 42% of market share in America by supplier revenue, although beer was a very close second to spirits. Poor old wine, my drink of choice, way down the line. Let's bring in CBC's Brandon Gomez to break it down for us. Brandon, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Right, so how do we, there's a lot of graphs and charts, but just lay it out in a fun way. We're talking about booze. What's happening? Yeah, absolutely. So spirits, again, outperforming beer. Took over last year, but it's maintaining its lead. Listen, the sales were flat this year, year over year, but consumers still want their spirits, right? Number one spirit of choice, vodka. Uh, number two, tequila mezcal. Tequila mezcal actually took over for American whiskey last year, continues to be popular with consumers. Why? I think that as consumers are looking for a diversity of options, we were talking, you know, before about possible health kicks. Is vodka more healthy than dark liqueur? Is uh, tequila mezcal perhaps a new option? Maybe lower carb, I think. It could be as well. But the number one thing that you have to, to take into, uh, into account is that ready-to-drink pre-made cocktails were the number one growth by revenue. Wait, those things you just kind of grow, you, you, you grab it and it's like Shake a and drink. Yeah, like, you know, a, a margarita in a box or, you know, but it's all yeah. in there. Yeah, because consumers, what they're saying now and CEOs are saying is that they want convenience, right? They want bougie booze, but on a budget. 
right? They want something that's affordable, but also feels a little bit elevated, a little that bit more That seems like class. a contradiction. Bougie booze on a budget? There's that, a lot of alliteration that, also. That's what's interesting, is that the companies actually have somewhat of a contradiction in their strategy, right? They want companies, or they want consumers to go towards these premium spirits. Maybe spend $150 on a top-shelf bottle. But they also see that consumers are going towards this trend of spending on liquor, but on the lower price point. So how are they going to do both is really yeah. what the question ends up. I want to know what's wrong with wine. You know, I, I guess I'm the only person drinking it. And point. you also have Constellation Brands saying earlier this year, one of their uh, wine products, Miomi, right? Sort of that middle level price yeah. tier bottle. Uh, it's not performing as well. And they're still trying to figure out what their strategy is by finding new executives to oversee what their wine business does over there at that company. Yeah, I know. Listen, beer, there's about a billion choices now, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, it used to just be Miller Lite, Bud Light, Budweiser. You, you know, now, the rise of indies. What, what has been a beer trend Lately, I mean, if, right. we were, if we were having a conversation five years ago, that's exactly what the conversation would have been. Right? Now it feels like it's it topped out. All of these craft beer, IPAs, that was really the trend. It's starting to move now. Hard seltzers, right? You're seeing more people. We drinking. didn't even get into that. I know. You're True, seeing, uh, high <laughs> noon. Uh, right? White Claw. I white see more claw, people drinking White truly, Claw at the bars than they do Bud Light. By the way, some of these you've got to be careful. Like, if you have like, a little kid, they look. some of them look like fruit drinks. Well, part of it is also the non-alk trend, right? And that's a whole other segment. But people want to look like they're drinking something, but perhaps don't want the alcohol. They don't want to be consuming uh, liquor, right? But they still want to be able to be socially in the right environment. So Liquid Death, one of those brands, right? Yeah, and that's non-alcohol. Non-alcohol. Despite the name. Correct. It's all so confusing. I'm just going <laughs> to stick to grape juice. For grown-ups. Stick with me. I'll guide you through it. Uh, let's get some discounts. You must have some discounts yeah. somewhere. Brandon <laughs> Gomez, thank you very much. Appreciate you staying late and coming on. Good thank stuff. You, Booze you can use. All right. Thanks for watching Last Call. We will see you tomorrow. Shark Tank is next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.